Hello, everybody, and welcome to Out of the Rough Podcast. I'm Lenny here with Sean today. Sean, how are we doing? Doing great. Doing great. Love to hear it. So this week, we've got the Rocket Mortgage Classic coming up in Detroit. But before we get into that, we'll kind of talk about last week's Travelers Championship, which came down to a pretty exciting finish between Harris English and Kramer Hickok. It was English winning and it was an eight-hole playoff, I believe. Uh, had some great stories. I, I don't know about great stories, but Bubba falling apart there at the end. And I, going into Sunday, kind of figured he would be the one to walk away with it. Um, but good week for Harris English, who I had in my lineups. I know Nate played in one and done. So for the two of us, we are very happy and enjoyed it. I had some other good plays with Abe Answer finishing fourth, even though he had a brutal first round, came back and had three great rounds. Patrick Cantley had T13. And then Ricky Fowler just doing me dirty on Friday with a five over. And Whaley missing the cut as well. I think we're off the Whaley train. This is two in a row for us. And we might come back to him later in the year, though. But, I mean, overall, not bad. Three guys in the top 13. I'm in my core play, so I can't complain about that. Do you have any uh, any great pulls from last week, Sean? Um, I had a couple, <laughs> two, if you if you if you uh, recall on the list. Uh, Brooks Kepler came in tied for fifth, um, and then and my in my one and done, um, who I also picked as well uh, was Paul Casey, and he came in tied for thirty six. Um, so those are the two highlights on the team. But like you said, uh, 80, uh, 80 holes of golf last week was very nice to see. Um, and, uh, and you mentioned Baba falling apart. It was a uh, figure to then literally this weekend. So <laughs> that is true. With the driver going goodbye. Off the tee. Ima- imagine standing there next to them watching Baba and he's sitting there playing his like, you know, left-handed cut or draw. And you just, you know, you're just expecting this beautiful shot with his pink driver. And all of a sudden the driver head just comes flying at you. All of a sudden you're in the gallery <laughs> and you have a, driver had flying at you at 100 miles an hour i mean i'd take yeah. it just so that i could get it signed and hang it on my like like fireplace one day but holy you hell that's gonna be scary to take it in the chest yeah <laughs> hit me hit me <laughs> uh, get you on tv get you to meet bubba probably it yeah, could be yeah. worth it i mean as long as there's no uh no broken ribs no structural damage <laughs> concussions <laughs> yeah but Anyways, we'll get into the Rocket Mortgage this week. We're playing a Detroit golf club. It's going to be a mix of their north and south courses. Uh, it's a Donald Ross design. Par 72, 7,300 yards. Um, it's kind of, I guess, more of the, the average length, maybe a little bit longer. However, they do have some slightly smaller greens than our average that we see on the tour. And I don't want to say it's similar to Torrey Pines and what we saw, because obviously the rough isn't going to be quite the same, not quite as difficult. Well, definitely not as difficult. This is probably one of the easiest courses on tour that we saw last year when Grayson kind of tore it apart. But they have a lot of fairway bunkers that you guys have to look out for. And then they have the gated bunkering on the greens. So as you're hitting your approaches on the front of the greens, left and right side, they have a lot of lot of bunkering so they can make some tricky pins if they wanted to however um 
we saw Bryson kind of tear it apart last year. Year before that, Nate Lashley came out as a winner and just put the lights out. And really, we kind of saw two different styles of golf win this. Um, so I think this week it's kind of tricky to pick because it is a relatively newer event on tour. Um, and, I mean, we saw Bryson just bomb and gouge it, and then you have Nate Lashley, who's kind of more of a shorter game guy, and we saw a lot of guys back in 2019, you know, just striking irons, making putts. So kind of be interesting to see what we've got this week. Do you have anything to add, Sean? Only a few things. I was looking up some stuff. I figured I would bring something to the table this week. Um, where is it? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I did see, just as a fun fact, the golf course was founded in, in 1899, um, and the initial dues were $10, so that's kind of crazy. Um, I know, obviously, uh, money is a lot different these days. Um, it's one of the flattest courses on the PGA Tour, and uh, the front nine is a lot, is uh, kind of more tree-heavy um, than the back nine. Uh, so you might see some high scores coming in Sunday or Saturday, watching it later into the rounds of, of the back nine being more of a highlight. So uh, it, even if you do pick or take some of our picks and they don't go so hot, or if they do go so hot, the the last couple holes should be fun to watch on on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully we have another ton of exciting finish this week. Get, get some big-name guys that we pick here up front. Love to see uh, these top tens we've got rolling in right now. I don't know if you, just just because we're before we get into it, I don't know if you saw too uh, the the Monday qualifier to get into the Rocket Mortgage. Speaking of an eight hole playoff, that one did go to an eight hole playoff. The qualifier to get into the tournament. There so was, you had what was it like nine guys tied? I, yeah, I, saw I think so. Something online. Um, I didn't really look into it too much, but yeah, I saw that. That I feel like it was eight or nine guys tied for the last three. Monday qualifier spots, which maybe that's a an omen for an exciting week this week. Yeah. But yeah, maybe we get a nice Monday qualifier winner. I can't even remember who was all in it. Uh, you guys can look it up if you're that concerned about it. But we'll get into our lineups here this week. You want to go first, Sean, or you want me to? Uh, I can go first. That's no big deal. Um, I feel like we always throw it on to you. And I figured, you know, it'd be nice to give you the option this week. Well, last week you, you switched it up and it kind of threw me for a loop. So I, I, <laughs> I'm ready for anything now. But um, I will go. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch up. Normally I don't do this, um, especially with this person. Because uh, Brooksy. But um, I think Bryson uh, at 11-4, he's the highest rated guy. That's also one of the things I mentioned when I don't do that. Um, but I think he has, obviously, he won it here last year. Uh, the history that we have on the course is just a few rounds or a few tournaments for it. So uh, seeing that he won it last year and how, how he played, knowing that it's a flat co- course and knowing that he's going to be able to bomb some of these shots down wherever he wants to put them, I think it will make it pretty easily for him to, to work it. Uh, it's all going to depend on how his head works, though. You know, obviously, if if, if everything's working as the mad scientist would like it to, um, you see the the guy who makes 15 out of 16 cuts and has six tops tens and almost hits a hole in one in front of you at Torrey Pine. So um, you hope to see that guy come out this week as I'm mentioning him. Um, but hopefully he does. If he doesn't, then uh, don't come after me. <laughs> I will agree. 
Bryson has a lot of win equity this week. And you just look at outright bets and it's kind of showing. And, and yeah, great course history has a win here previously. If it's another bomb and gouge event where he can just bomb it down there, that the wedges, the iron game is working well. And he typically is a good putter. There's no reason he can win in a lighter event like this. You know, it feels a bit, I don't know, light at the top, I guess we could say. And for me, I'm kind of going to go with a guy who also has a decent course history with Hideki Matsuyama. I think he's a little bit of a safer pick than Bryson. Where I'm also probably going to have a few lineups with Bryson in it, as well as starting some with Hideki. But Hideki's at 10-4. He's finished uh, 21st last year, 13th the year before. So he has two solid finishes. He's been playing great. The, he's playing just what we expect from Hideki, gaining off his approach in his last eight events. And his off-the-tee game has been solid, gaining three out of the last four. So everything you'd expect to see from him been playing well since that Masters victory after personally I kind of thought he might fall off after having to take a little break from golf quarantine and everything taking nearly a month off but he's still kind of just racking up those top 30 finishes throughout the last four weeks I think and he sneakily had you know a solid season outside of that Masters win I think everyone kind of everyone knows he won the Masters saw that and but he's just very consistently, you know, making cuts, scoring. So I think Hideki can be a very good safe pick. Um, you know, and just a little course history for everyone. You know, just the ball striking game, it plays everywhere. So he's just someone safe that I'm going to go with. Moving on to the 9K then, Sean. Who are we playing? I'm going to go with Bubba. Um, I know you know, we mentioned some of that mentioned him already this, uh, earlier in the podcast, but uh, I'm going to go with Bubba this range. He's coming in at nine two. Um, I think you could see in the earlier rounds before things kind of fell apart that Bubba was playing pretty good golf. Um, everything was kind of working for him, and it was good to see his name back up in contention again. I think it's been a while since, you know, we've kind of seen Bubba in that ranking where we would have normally used to been able to see him in, like, top 10s all the time. Um, so hopefully he can kind of keep, I know we didn't get a top 10 last week, but hopefully he can keep, like, that kind of mentality going for us. He only has missed four cuts this year. So in terms of, of equity, in terms of the uh, cuts and the points you'll get in long term, it, uh, it definitely plays out well in your favor there. And he has two top 10s. So... Um, I think, you know, take that for what it's worth, um, that they happened earlier in the in the year, maybe even more so at the end of last year. Um, so um, I think Bubbo is an interesting choice, but that with the field being kind of not a depleted one, but with kind of some of the guys not, not playing from some of the travel and, and the takeoff, I think Bubba's a good play here. So 9-2, Bubba Watson. I will say this is, I would expect this course to be pretty easy. And just looking at some of his missed cuts, like it was at the Memorial, the Players, and the Genesis, which I would say are three of the tougher tournaments that guys are going to play in. So I don't think it really is going to correlate too much with how those events played. And so I wouldn't worry too much about those missed cuts when playing him this week. Uh, we know when Bubba gets hot, he can he'll be in the top 10, like you were mentioning earlier this year. I don't think he's a bad play. For me, though, I'm going to go with Jason Kokrak. 
he's at nine five this week. Kind of the the opposite end, a little bit above a four top tens in his last eight. So he has been in really good form. I know he burnt a lot of people at the U.S. Open. He's someone that I played in the U.S. Open was in one of my cores that I had and missed the cut there. Um, but his iron game and around the green, he was just terrible. Um, but really, I, I have more faith in him. He's been great with his irons and driver as of late up until the U.S. Open. And if it's a little bit more of a ball and gouge week, he's someone who I expect to do well. He really is good off the tee. And as long as these irons get back to what they were before uh, he had that missed cut, I think he'll have just as much win equity as some of these guys further up at the top. Go down 8K range, Sean. We got (laughs) somebody who uh, didn't do so well for you last week. Um, but I'm hoping that the sponsorship that he's involved in with this tournament will help him uh, make a little bit of a move, and that's Ricky Fowler. Um, he's coming in at 8-7. Now, he is kind of a strange play uh, based off of how he's been playing this year. He's kind of been a hit or miss. Um, some tournaments he shows up, like the PGA Championship when he took an 8th, or the Memorial when he took an 11th, or like last week for LG when he got 131st. So um, there's a few few hit or miss times, and this is kind of a one of those chances on him that I'm taking. Um, I'm hoping also with a lot of the Olympic talk of people going into the Olympics this year, finalizing those rosters, he looks down at the tattoo that's on his arm and realizes that he was a good golfer, uh, that he was invited to the Olympics at one point and that he can do all the things that he's able to do, and he should realize that this week. Um, but he did have a tie for 12th last time he played here, um, so I don't think that that's a, that's a terrible showing for him. Um, obviously, again, he's, he might have been a different Ricky when he played that last year compared to this year, but we're going with it. Uh, so Ricky Fowler at 8-7 I think is a good play here. I thought I had Ricky figured out last week. I clearly didn't. I wish you luck with picking him this week. And uh, I don't know. I feel like Ricky's burnt me too many times this year. And you're just, you know what Ricky can do. And you know how hot that putter can get. And I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm out on him again now. I hope he does well. He's someone that, like I've said, like rune for him. I think he makes the game fun. Um, but for me, I'm going to go with the guy just under him, Gary Woodland. The the issue with Gary Woodland, he's at 8-6, by the way. The issue with him is off the tee, he's kind of just been hit or miss. It's like every other tournament off the tee, he's either just striping it with the driver or it's just disappears on him but his iron game has been consistently good um, I'm hoping that you know what we saw with Bryson where it doesn't really matter as much where you finish with the drive as long as you get it out there and then you hit the irons well that maybe this course can fit Gary Woodland this week and kind of like you it's a little bit of a gut pick I don't like a lot of guys down here in this range I don't have a lot of confidence in them which probably means you should playing these guys and but I mean Gary Woodland he has a bit of volatility to him which is good you're not gonna play him in every single lineup so hopefully though in those ones that you do play him in he finishes way up there at the top of the leaderboard which is kind of something that 
you know we want we want those top five top 10 finishes a little volatility isn't too bad to have um, especially when you're playing those large um large field um dfs plays i guess i don't know what i'm trying to say there but you know what i mean anyway we'll just move on let's just get to the 7k range <laughs> all right i will uh i will take that and uh, go with maverick mcneely uh, he's coming in at 7,700. Um, he has missed nine cuts this year, 10, 10 made cuts, two top tens. So not a bad bargain for this price range, a second at the Pebble Beach and a fourth at the RBC Heritage, just to highlight a few of those, I guess the two of the top tens that I mentioned. Um, but I think he's been playing some pretty good golf recently, uh, a 20th at Charles Schwab and a 30th at the Travelers. So kind of a consistency after he's gone uh, a few missed cuts. Um, so I think he's on a, a little bit of a hot streak and riding it. And when he gets to this event, he'll have some familiarity from last year when he uh, shot a, or a, a good enough to place tied for eighth. Um, he had a 68, a 68, a 71, and a 66. So without that third round, he might have been in, in higher contention, seeing that Bryson only was a few strokes ahead of him. Um, so... I think with that kind of familiarity and a little bit of a hot streak, it's a it's a sneaky play, um, and uh, I'm a Top Gun fan, so I'm gonna go with the guy who's his name's similar to that. So Maverick McNeely at seven seven. Just love it, gotta love it. <laughs> All right, I'm going Alex Norton here at seven six. It's again just saving a hundred bucks on you, and. <laughs> He's someone off the tee who's been really good um, in his last four anyways. Around the green in the last six, he's been gaining strokes. Um, as long as the putter stays hot, I think Norn is someone who can place overall the season. Like He's another guy sneakily having some really good results. And 13th at Memorial, back-to-back 21st at the Byron Nelson Bell Spot, 25th at the Heritage. So he's not, you know, getting the top tens, racking up a lot of really high placements. But down here in the 7-6, I, I will take, you know, the 20th place finish. I'm kind of a guy who might be a little bit of a flyer like Norm this week. Um, I think he does have potential to, to score well and to do well. And, you know, just give me a top 20 and I'll be more than happy with a 7-6 guy. Moving on down to the 6K range, Sean, who's the play? Well, this time, you can't save any money on me. Um, you absolutely can't, unless you pick in the same range as I do, but I don't know if you'd want to be as foolish or as smart as me here. Um, but to make kind of a lineup, seeing as I pick some of the expensive guys in there, um, I, I am looking at a kind of a newer play, um, but he's $6,000 on DraftKings, so you're getting a great value for your guy. Um, but it's Rafael Campos, which I believe we've mentioned his name at one point before in the podcast. And that's probably because he took a second at the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, which you have to say fully, by the way. Um, and so uh, that was back in March when he took the second. He also had a third in February. But then since then, he's kind of been riding the PGA Corn Ferry Tour back and forth a little bit, um, making 
only a few cuts after that. So I can see why his value is down at the 6,000 range, but when you look at some of the stats and see the three top 10s and seven out of 21 cuts, again, not too great, but if you look at the price value of what you're getting at, it's kind of better than some of the guys that might be above him in this range. So if you're worth uh, taking a flyer, I think this might be a new trend of mine of picking the lowest rated person here. Or, and I shouldn't say that in terms of how their golf is, but you get what I'm saying in terms of their DraftKings value. Uh, and just to see where they go, because we we're always looking towards the top end of this range to try to fit in some of those players, um, or at least I do. So I think it's time to, to educate myself on some other golfers here. So Rafael Campos at 6,000. Try to top that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to go that well. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a, I don't know if I want to say a career low or the lowest pick ever at all, I think, in the history of our podcast. Uh, <laughs> I know Nate's gone down to like, I think he's gone like 6'1", 6'2", maybe before. That's um, digging deep. Though, if you hit on a guy who is at 6K, and you just get him to make the cut, like that opens up your lineup so much to do so many other things at the top of the board. But you could plug in, you know, Bryson and maybe a Reed up there while sticking with a 6K guy at the bottom. So it, it, could, be a, it could be a very solid play. See how it works out. And, but I just saw Justin Suggs right above him. And I do remember he was one of the guys that Monday qualified in that playoff. But he's not my pick. I'm going with another Swede, Henrik Norlander. He's at 6'8". So I'm spending 800 more uh, bucks than you are on this guy. So he's almost in a whole other category here. For him, you just got to kind of hope that he, he can just putt. Really, like, Norlander just sometimes just falls apart on the greens. Typically, his run, the green game is good. Um, but... I guess I really shouldldn't say good. There's a reason he's six eight, but relatively he's not bad. He's really good iron player. I'm just kind of I'm betting on you know he gets gets one of those hot putter weeks this week and can kind of place up there and we've seen him get hot before with the putter and have good finishes and I'm taking just a little bit of a gamble that I think this is one of the weeks that he does get back up there. All right. Moving on now down to our strokes gained proximity to course this week. I'm going to be playing Brian Stewart. He's a Michigan native, finished fifth here in 2019. So he has a little bit of course history, has a solid finish. However, hasn't been playing great on the PGA Tour. He is coming off a 30th place finish at the Travelers. Then had back-to-back missed cuts especially the one at Palmetto wasn't a good one because that was a weak field that I think he should have done better on. Hopefully we have another kind of weaker field and we can go out there, attack the course. Um, but, you know, Michigan guy, got to love playing the – really, I think it's the only event in Michigan and that we have. But he's at 7K this week, so hopefully Brian Stewart has a good week for us. Next – we will get into the one and duns. Sean, the keeper of the one and duns. You wanna you wanna recap us last week? Yeah, I feel like I should put on like a big old like reading hat and like a like a cloak or something when you say that. 
Um, <laughs> but as you mentioned earlier, uh, Nate had a great week in the one and done. He picked Harris English, which won it for us. I won it for him. So he walked with $1.3 million just from last week. So he moved up the leaderboard a little bit. Um, Lenny came in second with Patrick Cantlay. And then I came in third with Paul Casey. All three of us made the cut. So that's a good thing for us. Two weeks in a row where all three of us have made the cut. Um, in terms of where we stand in the money standings, I'm still in first place at 3.07. Uh, Nate, with his win, moves him up to 2.7, we'll say. So uh, just a little bit behind me now. And Lenny is back in third with a 1.6. Uh, so still, as you could see from last week, anybody's game as, you know, any of these weeks, if you pick the right guy, can go. Um, so because of that, I'm up first, um, and I'm going to take a page out of Lenny's book, and I'm going to go with Joaquin Neiman um, and see how he does for me in the one and done. So I'm going to go with him. Who are you with? Because you're up next. Well, I do want to say I'm really rooting for you to do well and come in second this week behind my pick. Uh, because we need Joaquin Neiman to start playing good golf again so we can start mentioning more on the pod. Hasn't been playing bad golf, but hasn't been playing really the best golf that he can. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have to start taking some swings here. I'm going Bryson this week. I said I think he has the highest win equity. I need to start picking up some wins and some good finishes (laughs) so I can catch up to you guys. Made a little bit of a dense uh, view, Sean, but Nate really kind of pulled away from me. Um, I'm just going to have to start swinging for the big dogs here and going Bryson this week. Well, it's not a bad pick. And, and if he repeats what he did last year, you know, you could walk away with a, with a hot one like he, with Nate did last week. But um, Nate is going to go with Hideki as his pick. Um, so we've got Joaquin Neiman, Bryson, and Hideki this week as our one and done for the Rocket Mortgage on top of those guys that we've mentioned earlier. So, what do we got next week? We have the John Deere Classic. TBC oh, dear. Deer run in Illinois. I'm curious to see what this field is going to look like next week since we're a week out from the British Open or the Open. Apologize. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people are going to want to go over and play the Scottish Open. I think a lot of guys have plans to. I, I mean, I don't know, guys, travel schedules 100% to know exactly what they're doing, but I would assume that. So I would imagine we'll see another similar field to what we have this week. And as guys are going over, trying to prep for the Open, and getting ready to play in that. And so two weeks out from another Open, going to be exciting. And, and then shortly after that, we have the Olympics. And then we're going to start getting into the playoffs. So we'll have a, a good kind of run continuing the summer of great golf tournaments coming up. But that is all for me and Sean this week on Out of the Rough. Remember to follow us on all of our social media sites at Out of the Rough WK. And hopefully everyone had a great week of picks this week.